Hey, this is Fletch, and before we get started with this episode, we just want to apologize for the deep voices and the plugged-up noses. You caught us in the middle of cold and flu season, and we are in the thick of it. But we pumped ourselves full of Dayquil, and we sat down, and we plugged on through and answered your questions, and we really hope you enjoy today's episode. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. To go. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. This is episode 40. Ask us anything you want again. And boy, people really asked us anything they wanted. We had a lot of great questions. So many that we're actually developing some individual shows based on some of those bigger, meatier questions. So if you don't hear yours answered today, that's maybe because we're turning it into a bigger show. So what's been going on around the Fletcher house lately? Uh, Rain. This is so good. We need the rain, but it makes me feel very serious and contemplative. Wow. Boring. I know. Um, <laughs> hey, one thing I'd like to say is um, somebody mentioned about the fluff. We talked about the fluff like last episode. See, I'm not feeling the fluff. I'm thinking like, well, I'm like reading the news today and contemplating sermons. <laughs> well, the best part is he actually wrote in and identified himself. I know. Totally great. Yeah. So thanks to Jason for reaching out to us and identifying himself. Uh, he even understands why we do the fluff. Yeah. <laughs> and you, he sent a really good question, and we're actually going to turn that into a, an entire episode. He's great. one of the one of the, the people that wrote in, and we really liked what he had to say, and he, he developed a little bit more about um, what we were talking about, about homeschool mom burnout. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to spend some time talking about that in detail. Um, also, all of our Apple people, what's the deal with, um, I, you know, we, we make a few comments, but, you know, Lauren, remember I didn't know her last name? Right. Sabaji, that's yep. her last name. It yep. was, I said it was very complicated for me. She actually gave me a phonetic spelling, and she suggested another Apple to try, as did uh, one of our homeschool mom burnout guests last week, Cheryl Pitt. I know, but you guys are talking about these apples I've never heard of. Not that they're fabulous and we'll, we'll actually look for them, but um, I brought home some jazz apples this week because that's what was on sale at the grocery store and they were really good. I'm telling you, jazz apples. I know. They're some they of the were, best. They were really good. But I think what we need to do, Fletch, is we need to have like a... Um, you know, like a side by side taste test of these apples online. We'll do it out. We'll do it out loud. Yes. I'll have all four of them here. We could video all. that. Yeah, we could do that. That'd, That'd be, be fun. fun. So enough of the apples. But by the way, if anybody has any good banana suggestions, <laughs> the bananas we've been having lately are lame. I know, but I don't think there's like a variety, is there? No, I think it's just a banana. Right. Um, Dole. Well, you know, we're trying to keep these episodes a little bit shorter. These homeschooling in real life to go. We have enough questions to get through, so let's get on to them. But speaking of questions. I forgot to mention, I was interviewed by Steve Donahue over at uh, homeschoolhope.com, and it was actually fun to be on the other side of the mic, but what do you think I talked about? Um, I'm guessing coffee. Well, that's a pretty good guess. (laughs) 
But actually, apples. Actually, apples. <laughs> you talked about apples. No, there was no kind of fluff talk. I talked about the gospel and hope shifting. So uh, if you haven't got enough of it over here, I'm going to send you over to uh, Steve Donahue's homeschoolhope.com and check out that interview. Let's get on with today's episode. Um, we have a couple questions that came in that were uh, submitted by voice, and then a couple we're just going to answer. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back to some of those questions that uh, people have submitted. Hi, this is Steve Donahue of homeschoolhope.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kinder of Homeschooling in Real Life. They consistently produce a great show, don't they? After finishing here, how about heading on over to homeschoolhope.com and listen to a few podcasts there. You especially don't want to miss episode number five, where I interview Fletch, and he correctly centers all things around the gospel. All right, Kendra, our first question comes in from a friend of yours, Stacy Lane, and she's yeah. asking us about college. Hi, this is Stacy Lane, and I'm calling from Delaware. I'm looking for some tips on homeschooling while your college-age children are on a different school schedule, and really a different sleep schedule, too. Help, the alumni keep interrupting the school lessons. Oh, we have this situation. Actually, we do not have this this year, but we did last year when our uh, current college freshman took a gap year and lived at home. Um, and he was on his own schedule for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, Fletch, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One would be the different hours, you know, that like coming in at two o'clock in the morning thing. Um, another would be actually interrupting school time. Um, we do have our oldest son who lives right across the driveway and, um, he'll come over often, uh, in the middle of me teaching school, but you know, he's 22 years old and he's very respectful of that. So he's learned to just sort of stand and hover and then say, Hey, whenever you can take a break, mom, you know, I understand. Um, what was the other thing we were thinking? Well, I have the suggestion of, you know, we, we did develop a contract with some of our older kids and we're actually going to be implementing it again this summer when the son from college comes home and when our current senior graduates Yeah, and it's, it's, it sounds horrible. It sounds like it's a contract between you and your kids, but it really is just a mutual understanding of expectations. And, you know, we've, we've said, Hey, we're going to provide a place for you on family vacation. We're going to provide a place for you at the dinner table. But the other end of that is you need to let us know you're going to be there. That's just, it's basically just a list of mutual respect items that are spelled out and make sense. Yeah, I would say a lot of the conflict comes from just having different expectations, you know, and so it's that let's let's get together here and let's understand, let's communicate and understand what each of us expects. And what I like about this contract, um, it didn't originate with us. It actually came from an excellent parenting book co-written by Elise Fitzpatrick, who we've talked about before. Um, and then it's called You Never Stop Being a Parent. And what I really liked about the, her take on the contract is that you're saying this is what you can expect from us as your parents, and here's what we need to expect from you. So what they might expect from us, like you said, is, you know, yes, we want to include you on, you know, any vacations while you're living at home, or um, yes, we will feed you. But what we need from you is if you're not going to be at dinner, you need to let mom know well in advance so she doesn't make, you know, so she's not shopping for food for you, and then you don't show up. Yeah, and then know, I think one of the other things our kids loved is we promise we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that was a huge yeah. part. You know, the other thing we talked about on this question specifically for Stacy is these kids are coming in on their own time, and a lot of times it's after our time, and by our time I mean normal human operation time. So they're showing <laughs> up at like eleven, eleven right. thirty, right. and they want to have a deep conversation. A lot of times with me. So uh, homeschool dads, if you're listening, I just 
put them back on my time and say, hey, you want to get together? Let's have uh, coffee tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. Or let's uh, grab lunch with me. Or, you know, I'm going to be walking the dog tomorrow night. Why don't you go on a walk with me and we'll talk while we're walking. So ultimately, they are kind of coming back to our schedule. And I've never had anybody balk at this. So we hope those help, Stacy. Thank you for calling in and giving us that question. Our next question comes from a listener who's just about to bring an adopted child home and integrate that little one into their family. Hi, this is Erica from Eastern North Carolina. My husband and I have three school-age children and will be adopting a preschooler this spring. My question is, do you have any suggestions or tips you would give for the upcoming school year as our family is navigating the challenges of international adoption and homeschooling at the same time? Um, I am particularly interested in suggestions regarding the first year of homeschooling after the adoption is complete. Erica, thanks so much for sending that question in. And the funny thing is we were driving in the car yesterday, kind of reviewing all these questions out loud. And when I heard this one, I immediately looked at Kendra and said, do you have an answer for this? And you did based on having new children just come into our house, but not through adoption. Right. Um, And so, you know, just this comes with a caveat of that we have not adopted a child and, but we do have a lot of friends around us who have. And so we're aware of issues that come often with, with adopting a little bit of an older child, but we have not experienced them ourselves. That being said, we think that there's probably some similarities with bringing a newborn home in that you're going to need to change your expectations to match your reality. And I think if you can think about that um, for, for this upcoming spring and summer and fall of homeschooling, ask yourself maybe what your top five non-negotiables would be. I know when I'm in the throes of morning sickness um, or you know, have brought a newborn home, my top five would be like, I need to feed these children <laughs> and um, they need to have clean clothing. Um, and probably somebody needs to wipe down a toilet every now and again. Um, but in terms of schoolwork, there have been seasons where school happens in my bedroom because I'm sick in bed or because I'm nursing a newborn. Um, and so school is watching Discovery Channel, um, some program, or it is listening to a read aloud book on tape, or it's doing your math, you know, on mommy's bed while mom can sort of discuss you through it, that kind of a thing. But the expectations beyond that, you know, like field trips and I always laugh, like one year we did this um, sugar cookie map of India, <laughs> you know, like those kind of things, whoosh, those need to just go out the window. So make some realistic expectations and be totally prepared to even ditch those if you need to. Yeah. And I guess the only other word I'd add in there is flexibility. Just mm-hmm. be completely amenable to what each individual day brings your way and know it ahead of time going in so that helps you to prevent being frustrated and ultimately prevent burnout. Thanks for your question, Erica. All right, Kendra, our next question came in from Facebook from Jenny, and it says, a couple weeks ago you had an episode about making school more fun. I like the ideas, but a lot were centered around history, science, art, and that kind of stuff, which my kids already love. How do I make the other have-tos, like math and phonics, bearable? Not sure if my seven-year-old boy and I will survive it until June. So, you know, right off the bat, I think you're a Pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of mom. What do you want to say? Yeah, I'm not a fun mom. Um, And I have a seven-year-old boy also right now. So I get this entirely. Um, But so part of this is, part of the answer is, look, we have to do this. It's just life, right? So, you know, taxes. Yeah, I hate doing banking and taxes, but, you know, I give myself incentives. And I say, if I finish up this part, if I get this month done, I take a break, I have some coffee, I play with the dog, but then I get back to work and I get the next one done. So sometimes... 
You just have to grin and bear it and muscle through. And incentives are great. You know, I can say, look, if we can get our math book done up to lesson 40, you know, whatever, then um, then we'll just do some fun computer math games. So um, there are some websites that have great math games for kids. Um, cool Math for Kids is one of them. I, that just comes, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, I have a daughter right now who is doing Life of Fred, one of the Life of Fred math books, um, just just as something new. She's just been so diligent all year long. It's now February. I let her just deviate from the Rod and Staff math book that we do, and she's she's loving that, you know. Or maybe on a Friday afternoon we'll say, all right, instead of your math book today, you get to do some, you know, fun logic progr- uh, problems that we just put on the whiteboard together or something like that, you know. Hey, math today is you get to measure while we make chocolate chip cookies. If you can throw some of those things in every once in a while, you know, that keeps a kid going. Um, But at the same time, you know, that's a great life lesson conversation to have. You know what? Sometimes you just have to sit down and do the taxes. Hey, thanks, Jenny, for that question. Um, Our next question comes in from Carmen, also on Facebook. She asks us, why do people assume that my children are all going to go to college? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know... Why is that, Kendra? Why do people assume that? Because we're in this American society that's made a, an awful idol out of college. Um, and, you know, and by it's, people, does she mean my parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, goodness. That's a you whole know, other episode. That, that Fletch, depression but yeah. era, you know, yeah. they came out. The idol, the big thing was get an education. And education oh, yeah. is your key to your future. You know, I may have mentioned this before, but one time I took my daughters to hear Condoleezza Rice speak. And prior to her speaking, somebody else spoke. But the entire communicated message of that morning was that education is your hope. Education is your hope. Go, go to college, you know, get a degree. And and I just looked at my girls and I said, is education our hope? You know, and so you've got to realize that people are, they mean well, you know, people are asking that because they really do think that's going to be the best thing for every kid. But then we forget that people go into different trades and industries. Boy, howdy, I'll tell you, I'm very thankful for my plumber who probably didn't get a college education. And you know what else? We are seeing the tide change. I mean, Mm. the articles we've been reading in the last three weeks, just, Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that pop up into my mind, is that education is changing. Um, The tech industry Mm -hmm. is, we read that article out of Wired Magazine about the tech industry turning to homeschooling. Right. Because they realize it's creating a different type of worker and thinker. And, And, you know, I, I see this changing, Carmen. So great question, but you know, I think you knew that's why they're asking. <laughs> hey, this is Fletch. I just wanted to remind our listeners that we are going to be at the Teach Them Diligently conference in Nashville on March 19th through 21st. And we would love to meet you or any of our hurlers that are in the area. And to encourage you to attend with us, we have invited David and Leslie Nunry to join us online to answer just a few questions and maybe to get your interest peaked for the conferences. So David and Leslie, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. Thank you. Why don't you tell our listeners, what can visitors to a Teach Them Diligently conference expect? Yeah, one of the things that um, we really like to major on is the discipleship, and homeschooling is about discipleship. And that's very important to us and very important to what the, the event is about. There will be more speakers than you can possibly see in an hour. Uh, there's almost 200 sessions. Uh, the vendor hall is going to have twice as many booths as it had last year. 
So there's a lot of energy in the building, but we really major on the gospel. And that is the core to who we are and what makes us different. Since we have listeners all over the country, can you tell us what are the locations and the dates for this year's conferences? Sure. We'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, March 19th through 21st. We'll be in Atlanta, Georgia, April 9th through 11th. We'll be in Sandusky, Ohio, May 28th through 30th, and in Dallas, Texas, July 16th through 18th. All right. And where are you hosting these conferences, and what are the venues like for the families that are traveling to these conferences? Well, each one of the uh, venues uh, are just a little bit different. Um, In Nashville, Tennessee, we have the Gaylord Opryland, which is huge and beautiful. Uh, The atrium, it's kind of like a garden. And uh, when you walk, when you come up, it's very much like an old mansion uh, that you may have seen in the Old South. Uh, So it is a beautiful venue. Um, In Atlanta, uh, we're at the Cobb Galleria. Uh, There is an actual mall right there on site. And then you cross the Sky Bridge and there's another mall. But the venue also is big. It's huge. It's beautiful. Um, And it's in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. And then in Sandusky, there's a water park. It's, it's the largest indoor water park in the country, is in the venue that is hosting Teach Them Diligently Sandusky. So we're very excited about that. I think it'll be a, a really good time for the families. Um, and then in Dallas, we're at a, a downtown Sheraton Hotel that's also a conference center. Um, very nice. At all of our facilities, there are rooms attached, so you can stay on site. Very easy for your family. Yeah, everything is under one roof. So you can stay in the hotel, you can walk to the venue. Um, how do our listeners get more information or to register for these events? Well, it, the, the first way is to go to uh, teachthemdiligently.net. That's our website, www.teachthemdiligently.net. Um, we're also very active on Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook page, we have Twitter, we have Pinterest, we have all the different social networks. And then we also have, uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well, and you will get regular information about what's going on with the conference. Now, again, Kendra and I are going to be at the Teach Them Diligently conference March 19th through 21st in Nashville, Tennessee. We want to meet our listeners, so come up, grab us, and uh, let us know that you're a hurler, and we'll even take a picture together and uh, put it up on our website. Thanks so much, David and Leslie, for joining us tonight, and we look forward to seeing you guys in Nashville. This is Mighty Joe. You are listening to Fletch and Kendra on Homeschooling IIO. Thanks for listening. Um, We have another question that came in from Allie, and she's asking, has there ever been a time in your homeschool career where Fletch really wasn't sure where Kendra was going with the lesson plans? (laughs) Not sure if it was really a fit for the kids. Or has there ever been a time when Fletch asked Kendra to include something in the lesson plans that Kendra wasn't really sure about? but did it anyway, regardless of the outcome. So we discussed this, and, you know, Allie, we really don't think there was a a major thing that's come through, but part of it has been my personality. I I tend to be a little more laid back, and although I often look unengaged, um, it's just part of my personality to just kind of roll with the punches. I don't get uptight about too many things. Uh, If the results are coming out within a big big margin of reason, Mm -hmm. then I'm cool with that. I would say from the beginning, we went into homeschooling with Kendra kind of driving the ship and me going, well, it makes sense to me. Yeah, Everything (laughs) you're explaining makes sense to me. That's cool. Let's try it out. 
and the initial results were all positive. Um, the one thing we came up with was maybe like a language thing, you know, um, it's really important that the kids learn Latin, you know, when they were younger. And I'm like, what? Are we kidding? You know, like, <laughs> is that even important? But then even me getting some education on that and going, yeah, that actually was important for what we were doing. Um, but ultimately, no, this hasn't come up. But our encouragement, kind of reading through the lines on this one, is that mom and dad just need to be great communicators to one another as to these are our goals and this is how we're going to get there. And just kind of that mutual respect kind of thing. You know, Fletch, I wonder too if sometimes uh, if a husband is asking for a wife to to add something to the homeschool day and the wife is just like, I have no idea when I would fit that in. Maybe that's an opportunity then for a dad to say, well, you know what? Um, Why don't I just... Um, do that with them over the summer. You know, what's a good example of that is um, our friend Eric, who loves politics, and during one of the presidential elections, um, made his kids these really neat binders about, you know, all the candidates and whatnot. And that was his thing with them. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't expect her to add that to an already busy day. So great question. Hope we answered that one for you. Um, so we have another question coming in from Lori. She is uh, one of our... Um, often commenting hurlers out there. And Lori asks this question, why do other homeschool moms keep asking where my other kids are? Mom of only two here. (laughs) My answer is a big, long groan. And Lori, I apologize on behalf of all of the homeschooling mothers of bigger families (laughs) that you are feeling like there's some sort of lack or um, maybe even snubbing or Uh, condemnation. I don't think she feels it. I think the other people are like, giving her the snub. Like, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And so, you know what? God has called you to whatever size family you have. He's given you the gorgeous, amazing gift of two children. Um, maybe developing some sort of snappy response that is gracious. No, Coma, that's like no, us. No, gracious yeah, response. Right, yeah, she could write sort of in like, if she wants you know, some examples. I'll give her some snappy responses. I don't mean snarky. I meant oh, just I like, thought- you know, something that you've got going that's just, you know, like for exa- example, when I'm in the grocery store or, you know, wherever and somebody finds out we have eight kids, I immediately say, we're not Mormon, we're not Catholic. Um, and yeah, one marriage. And people laugh every single time. And I said, I know you were going there, weren't you? You know, and it becomes this funny, sort of funny, thing. And it actually relieves them of <laughs> the fact that they were thinking that, you know, or they were asking. Sometimes I'll say, no, we don't know the Duggars, you know. Yeah. And you know <laughs> and what? Just... Ultimately, we, I, you know what? I've joked over the years because people love to ask this question. You know what people are saying? It, this is a reproductive question. Right. This Nobody's like, business. What? And right. I always go, <laughs> yeah, eight kids. I saw all of them go in and I saw all of them come out. I mean, and that just <laughs> oh, immediately just quiets the yeah, conversation. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Okay, so if you can develop some sort of fun, you know, gracious response, just like, uh, you know, just turn it right back and say, you know, something like, um, oh, we just love the two we have or or whatever. I don't know. But something that that just sort of ends the conversation, you know, sort of um, like, isn't it great? We have two. Hey, could you pass the bean dip? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So great question, Lori. And again, we apologize for all those homeschool folks out there that just like to plant flags where they don't need to plant a flag. <laughs> Amen. Let's let's center on the gospel. All right. Our final question comes from Grace, who asked, I want to know what hobbies, studies, homeschool moms, parents have pursued because they were able to homeschool. Like, not what have you learned, but what extra mom things were you opened up to because you homeschooled? So ultimately, I think this question is, you didn't have a job uh-huh. out in the workforce. Right. You were able to stay home and homeschool your kids. So what did that free you up to do? 
nothing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, well, I can tell you that there were some things that I had to give up for sure, um, just because I had little people. But I can, I have flexibility of schedule. So I think that's huge. Um, I don't have to wait till after work to go to the gym. Um, or, you know, so I do take my kids to the to tennis lessons and we go hit balls regularly. Um, I take a ballet class in the morning uh, because I'm an old ballerina. <laughs> I had been dancing all the years growing up. So um, I'm able to go do that on Wednesday morning um, and then again during the week. So that I guess for me, some yeah, of and seasons. just flexibility and seasons, seasons right? Because exactly. I didn't yeah, dance You for didn't a lot do of years. a lot of stuff when they were real little. Right. Because yeah, yeah. we just didn't take them everywhere. Right. Um, um, or just couldn't or had to be home, you know, for naps and homeschooling and stuff. Yeah, I would say I neglected myself and my gifts for a lot of years in probably an unhealthy way. Um, but that would be, those would be some practical things. I have watched friends who are into running marathons or pursuing their own education. Um, you know, maybe they didn't know that they loved math as much as they did, or it, they didn't love it in school when they were in school, but as they're teaching it, they realize they really love something. And so then they go pursue a master's degree in it or, you know, something like that. So um, that those are the things I can think of. Yeah, the only thing I would add is remember to not forget who you are in all of this, because uh, if your identity gets wrapped up in the fact that you're a homeschool mom, uh, we've talked about this before, but you're, you're still a wife. You are, you still have all those things that God's created with you. And it's important to, to do that. And I don't care if you, you have your kids in public school or private school. Um, it's important that you hang on to a few things that, that God has called you to do. Yeah, I'm going to actually post a link in the show notes to an excellent blog post that was posted this week on Ann Voskamp's Holy Experience blog about how a mom pursuing her own gifts spills out over onto her children in a positive way. Yeah, very cool. Thank you, Grace, for that question. And thanks to all of our listeners that uh, chimed in and asked questions this time and called in and wrote in on Facebook. Um, you know, we do these every 20 episodes. We do an Ask Us Anything You Want. But what do we have coming up for episode 41, Kendra? Well, episode 41, Fletch, is untitled as of right now because we are talking about the get-to parent and the have-to parent. So typically, that tends to be dad is the guy who gets to do stuff with the kids because he's at work in the day. Um, and so he comes home at the end of the day and he gets to sit down and read a book with them or, you know, gets to wrestle with them on the carpet. Mom's the one that tends to be the one that like, we have to sit down and do school. We have to clean up the kitchen. We have to run the laundry. And that can be really hard. And sometimes moms can get resentful of that position. So we talked with Rachel and Davis Carmen, who are the owners of Apologia Educational Ministries, about that topic. And it's a great, great interview. Yeah, we look forward to having you all back. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, you can get us uh, on the web at homeschoolingirl.com. Send us an email, info at homeschoolingirl.com. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. And if you want to tweet to us, you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. We love to engage with our listeners, and we've had a lot of fun, even with these questions, getting questions from people that we feel like we really know from all the all the times of engaging on Facebook. So tune in next week for episode 41, the untitled episode. I guess that's what we'll call it. <laughs> we have talk, to get to. Talk to you next week. This is Stacy Lane. 
You have been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes.